welcome to a brand new interview that we are doing here at Films Fatale. And I just want to introduce a very good friend of ours, uh, Chloe Trikos, who uh, has had a lot of things to celebrate within this last year. How have you been? I've been great, Andreas. Thanks so much. Yeah, and uh, first and foremost, congratulations on another season of The Righteous Gemstones. It's a staple of HBO at this point. Yes, it's, yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, and uh, secondly, I, uh, you know, the second portion of this interview, I also want to uh, shed some light on another project that's very dear to you. That's uh, Introducing Jodea. It's a 2021 film, which has now made its rounds on Apple TV, and Apple TV is certainly quite the um quite the accolade now to be a part of that family considering it's uh it's recent best picture win with coda it's huge lineup of original of original programming like pachinko and severance which are beloved and now you're a part of that family how does that feel oh great no it was i got i got such a surprise when my friend contacted me to say look you're rated second on apple right now it's like oh my god that was incredible Amazing. So we'll get into that in just a little bit. But first and foremost, I want to get into this whole this whole Righteous Gemstones thing. So last time that we talked, you had a, a bit of a minor character who, from my understanding, has blossomed in the second season. And you, uh, you're you starting to get noticed. How does that feel? It's, it's fantastic. And um, and very, um, you know, um, I, I'm always a little bit amazed when people contact me and say that they love me on the show, that they could relate to my character. Um, I didn't think, you know it was that big a deal, but no, it, 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 it's part of a storyline that, that has affected people. So I'm, I'm, it's, I'm really, 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 really glad. Yeah. I would love if you could uh, take us down that path a little bit. Uh, you know, you're saying you're really connecting with people. Um, what is it about your character? Like, first off, who is she? What makes her relatable, empathetic? And what is resonating with audiences at home? Like what is making you the, the scene stealer of the show? <laughs> well, I wouldn't say I'm the scene stealer. I mean, I'm in the scene with Walton Goggins, and I don't, I don't think anyone can steal a scene from him. He's amazing. That's um, true. <laughs> but yeah, but uh, well, uh, it, she's gone from. I mean, in season one, she was just kind of like I play Walton Goggins' wife. She didn't really do much. But in season two, it's quite heartbreaking because it's about how he abandons me and our son in a pet store one Christmas Eve. And he just makes the son pick out a cat and then he hands him a pair of sunshades and walks out the store and never comes back. And so um, so even though this is a comedy, this scene in itself is incredibly sad. And it has touched quite a few hearts out there so who have, and people who've contacted me and said, you know, that they could relate to my character, that they, you know, things like that. Um, so, yeah, it's, um, it, you know, it's a sad scene in the middle of a, the comedy, which, you know, um, it just seems to have touched people. I love uh, Walton Goggins. He always seems to play not a nice guy, though. So right, I guess right. you get to see that firsthand. Well. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's hilarious as Baby Billy. Yes. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that's, that's pretty huge that you, get, you got to work uh, or get to work, you know, excuse me, alongside such a, a television icon. But at the same time, when it comes to these shows, and I can't help but think of not just HBO, but you know, if you're bringing up Walton Goggins, you're talking about The Shield, Justified. So now that's FX. A lot of these really well-made dramas or comedies on these on these sorts of networks or uh, services, a lot of the times it's these uh, supporting characters or recurring characters that, again, begin to gestate into something with, you know, like these characters with more substance and some again, real impact on the show. Do you feel like that that's going to be the, tra- the trajectory of your character that uh, you you will also continue to have this prominence within the, right, the Righteous Gemstones? 
Um, I hope so. I, I mean, this is something where I, I have no control. It's something which they, um, it's, it's nothing, not for me to decide, but yeah, I would love it. I would love to be a permanent character on it. I would love to, yeah, there, um, it, it, it's a fantastic show and a great cast and it just, just been wonderful working on it. Absolutely. And it's been getting rave reviews, I think even more so the second season than the, than the first. So, I mean, it's like certainly like it was doing well, but it's doing even better now. So that, that has to feel great. It does. It does. Yes, it does. And it is. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's a great, um, it's very clever writing, um, very funny storyline. And, um, and the characters are just outrageous. They don't, they, 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 they are capable of anything. Which is uh, right up your alley from the few times that we have talked. Uh, you love idiosyncrasy from what I can tell. Right, right. And uh, you're not going to find anything more idiosyncratic than, again, let's go back to introducing Jodea. So this is an indie film that came out last year, and it's been picked up by Apple TV. Again, that is a huge honor to be a part of that. Um, what is this film about, and why do you think Apple might have picked it up? Like, what stood out about it? Um, well, it's a, it's, a, it's a comedy about a struggling actress who's really bad, and her fortunes change when a world famous director drives into the back of her car, and um, she he, he, she says to him, "Don't pay for the damage. Just put me in your movie." And she auditions, and she's terrible. But his agent then says to him, "I bet you you couldn't get a performance out of her." And he says, "You're on." So he agrees to coach her for the role. So it's a it's a romance. It's the old fashioned romantic comedy. Um, and I think, I think mostly, honestly, I think it's timing really with why um, it's people seem to be enjoying it because, you know, it came out right after lockdown. I think people were sick of being depressed and it was just nice. It's just nice to have something which you can just sit back and laugh and it's a feel good story with a happy ending. So, yes. Yeah, so, and then we have great distribution. We have um, Gravitas doing our U.S. sales and Myriad doing the international. So that was how we got Apple TV and iTunes and all of them. And yeah, and then just, um, yeah, I mean, for some reason it's, it's, it's doing well. And I'm, I'm so, so grateful to that. Uh, the story sounds very interesting. And I remember uh, before uh, we uh, sat down and did this interview, uh, you did relay it to me as a uh, like a, like a My Fair Lady, but done in like contemporary times. Right, right. It's pretty much a popular lady story, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Did you take any inspiration from either you know either rendition, you know, the stage or the uh, you know the iconic Audrey Hepburn film, or was it something that you still went in with your own kind of mindset and you wanted to do it your own way? Oh no, I mean, I think it was definitely inspired a lot by the movie, which um, My Fair Lady is my favorite film of all time. Um, I think I told you that when you you asked for my list of favorite films in the last interview. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's um, so it definitely has been inspired by that. But yes, but putting in um, modern day set and settings and in you know the sort of um, you know in the hierarchy, you know, uh, My Fair Ladies set in late nineteenth, early twentieth century London. And, you know, the hierarchy there of the upper classes and Eliza Doolittle, he's very much lower class. And um, and that's one of the things that I noticed when I first moved to L.A. is the hierarchy here that you have your, you know, your celebrities. And then you have all of the struggling actors who kind of like the equivalent of the sort of servants. So it, it's kind of, you know, so, yeah, it's that, that kind of story. I just kind of adapted the setting. 
Yes, uh, we have certainly talked about My Fair Lady before, but I do know that sometimes that um, somebody might have like a bit of a seedling of inspiration and then they try to make it their own. But at the same time, it's My Fair Lady. It's hard to to not want to bring in all that infectious joy and just brilliance of that film into any project that you might want to work on, I guess. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, but uh, well, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> But uh, you're absolutely right, you know, in the same way that My Fair Lady, despite it having obviously some very serious discussions, um, it makes me feel good watching it for the most part, maybe outside of that third act, which is a little bit more, again, serious, but, um, and you nailed it on the head, we've dealt with a lot these last couple of years, and people are really gravitating towards this, you know, these uh, cinematic or televised escapes, you know, people are looking for escapism nowadays. And I think Gemstones does that very much as well because, you know, it's also, it's just funny and it doesn't get dark. It doesn't get, you know, um, depressed, depressing or about, you know, bring up, you know, all the problems we have in the world today. It just, it just, it makes everything funny. And I think that's a reason why, you know, well, also, I mean, the humor is fantastic. The writing is fantastic, but I just, I think it's also perfect timing for a show like that. Yeah, well, on that note, um, is there anything that you've been watching to kind of get by during the pandemic? It could be um, either film or TV. I don't know if since the last time we spoke, uh, we're featuring a lot of TV stuff now. So feel free to indulge in that as well. <laughs> well, my husband and I got into The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel during lockdown. That was our go-to show, which, we, which I love. Um, I haven't yet watched the latest season. And, uh, and then he got me into all the classics of the eighties and nineties, which I'd never seen like cheers, which is gold and Frasier, which I also love. So yeah. So that was our, yeah, we did do a lot of TV watching during lockdown. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been tough, but at the same time, things seem to be knock on wood. Don't want to jinx it. Don't want this to be the root of all bad things, but uh, it seems to be opening up a little bit. So at least there's that saving grace. Yes. Thank God. Yes. So, you know, in, in, on that topic of, you know, seeing the other side of things, uh, where do you go from here? Where do you go from introducing Jordea? You know, we've uh, talked about a few of your indie projects before and Righteous Gemstones before as well. Um, where do you, Chloe Tracos, wish to go from here? Um, I mean, I want to keep doing what I do, acting and writing. Um, I have a few projects. I mean, I, I shot a pilot, a little indie pilot that, um, you know, which another one which I wrote and star and um, shot that earlier this year. Ooh. And that's kind of a um, bit of humor like the gemstones, except this isn't about, this is about religious Jews, not religious Christians. Okay. Um, and, uh, and it's about the, the Jewish single scene in Los Angeles. Um, so it's a kind of doco comedy style and that's in post-production at the moment. And, um, you know, going to be getting that one out there pretty soon. <laughs> And yeah, and then just got various other things in various stages of script writing development. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm always working on something. That premise seems very uh, Larry David. I like the sounds of it. That, that, yeah, it's funny. I'm glad you say that, that it is very Larry David. In fact, both the director and myself are huge Larry David fans. And we're going from that angle, the angle of comedy where it's almost like you feel you're there watching, you want to make people uncomfortable, um, like Larry David does. And it's... Um, yeah, it's just, I mean, I think, you know, I think it's, I, I mean, I obviously like the concept because I, I, you know, I was involved in the making of it. But I think, I mean, I think it's pretty funny. It shows, it's, you know, a bunch of Jewish singles who will do absolutely anything to get married. 
Um, and, uh, you know, and just, again, kind of a bit of nothing is sacred. And like the gemstones, these people are religious, but they will pretty much stop at nothing if it means finding the right person. Yeah, for sure. It's interesting as well, because I still feel like even though um, when it comes to like super awkward stuff, a lot of it is awkward because we see ourselves in these characters or situations, but it still is its own form of escapism, almost as if it alleviates or absolves us of what we have gone through because now they're going through it. So either it's relatable and we're not the only people who have come out foolish, you know, on the other side, or it feels like we have transposed our feelings onto these poor, unfortunate souls. Exactly. Well, that's why I love Larry David because he often says things, which I wish I could say. And he he like, he goes right up to the elephant in the room, you know? Um, so, and, and you know, that's why I love it's one of all Caribbean enthusiasm. I haven't yet finished the final season. I've just started it, but, um, it is one of my favorite shows and it's very, um, you know, I mean, it's, 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 um, I mean, it's improvised and that, you know, actors are told to get from A to B, but they're not given a script, which to me works so well. That's why, you know, they, they, they come up with the lines and I think that makes it so much more real and funny. It's interesting that, you know, we're having this discussion because, you know, looking back on the roles that we've discussed today, but also ones in the past, um, you really do dig deeply into like some of the more uncomfortable, either for comedy or for like uh, dramatic purposes, the uncomfortable sides of what makes us human. And I feel like, yeah, again, it's a cathartic experience for the viewer. Oh, wow. Okay. Thanks. Um, Yeah. It's a, I mean, I think it is always good to go that extra mile. Absolutely. I mean, uh, if you're doing a performance or a portrayal, I feel like it's um, it's in the best interest of the performer, usually, typically, especially if they're, you know, leading to extrapolate as much substance as possible. And I feel like, yeah, because of your approach, you're able to do so. Right, right. I mean, yeah, I mean, I hope so. Thank you. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you don't just get picked up by HBO for, for, you know, not putting in the work in, you know, you, you've got, you, you know, you got to give yourself some credit for that as well. well. Well, thank you. Thank you. I mean, that was, you know, I mean, I was very, very lucky that they picked me and I'm so grateful to it. And, um, and that's one thing, um, you know, I have to thank, I actually have to thank lockdown for that because apparently they were, went before they shot season two, I wasn't going to be in it. And oh. um, my friends who were in the show were all being called back. And I thought, oh, and they didn't want, they, I wasn't called back. And then apparently during lockdown, Danny McBride did a rewrite and brought my character back. So that's one thing I'm, I'm grateful to, to lockdown for is that I, you know, um, I did the second season and, um, and it was that much, you know, my character did have that much more. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's one thing which I will be grateful to lockdown for. And uh, with this rewrite, you know, it's resulted in some of the uh, some of the most effective, you know, moments of the second season. So, I mean, there's that side of it as well. Right, right. Of course. I mean, I, I love this. I mean, I had no idea what the second season was going to be. I mean, because I mean, and I had no idea what the second season was with this one either, because I, I mean, people ask me about this and I just say, you know, you only honestly, you're only given the, the scripts for the episodes you're in. So, um, so I only knew what was happening in my episode, nothing else. So, yes, yeah, so I had no idea how the first, second season was going to go. But, you know, thank, I very gratefully changed it. And, um, 
and I, I do think it's the better because I think this one this season is really good. Amazing. Well, um, yes, thank you so much for, for talking with me. But before we go, is there anything else you'd like to add? Anything you, else you want to plug that you haven't discussed already? I, um, just everyone, if you can just uh, put it out there, people to watch Introducing Jodea. Yes. on all the main platforms just trying to keep us up there let, get people watching us more and more and um yeah that's just um that the, you know that that that, that i just I, I think it's i think it's a movie that people will enjoy and i think it's a it's a good time to be watching films like that absolutely well yes thank you so much for talking again um yeah um i really appreciate this especially as i know how busy you are <laughs> it's it's not a problem never never too busy for you um always always a pleasure to have you so for the readers who are still listening you, you can check out introducing jodea that's in the link right below this uh, little file you're going to be listening to and uh, otherwise there's also going to be a link for the righteous gemstones which uh, in canada is on crave so i'll be linking to that so you can check that out um otherwise thank you so much again thank you so much andres and uh, you have a wonderful weekend Thank you, you as well.